Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week I spoke with Finishing Move Inc., who is Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White, two friends and collaborators who recently worked on some incredible video game music projects, including Halo Master Chief Collection for Microsoft, Massive Chalice for Double Fine Games, Borderlands 1 and 2, and the Assassin's Creed series. We talk about the incredible success they've had since forming their company just over two years ago, and how they continue to navigate the task of managing large budget video game scores and forming their own opinions and choices about their musical compositions. I hope you enjoy. Well, thanks guys for coming down and talking about what you guys have been up to. I mean, my exposure to you has kind of been about an uh, indirect way. I've, I've always known of your work, but I didn't actually connect the two together that there's this amazing team of composers and sound designers and how is it that you guys started working together when did you guys first connect yeah so uh we connected like what i mean we became we were like friends for like the last eight years or something and um basically like we're both independently working on a lot of stuff and uh I had just finished like uh, a, an album like of music and I'd spent all my savings doing that. And Brian, uh, he used to, to run a, a school that was like avid training. An avid pro school for pro tools. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, hey, can uh, I need a job? And he's like, oh, I need a pro tools I teacher. I need an instructor. Oh, really? okay. yeah. so. So, so that's that's how we met. And then uh, over the years, like w- we kept in touch and we'd hire each other for various projects like that we were working on. And yeah. And so basically at the beginning of 2013, we're like, hey, let's team up and just dominate. Let's combine and, yeah. you know, make it happen. So well, what did you guys think you wanted to do? What type of work? Because you, you have similar backgrounds, but also different backgrounds. So what was the direction you guys kind of set out on? I mean, I think we were already working together on a lot of projects. Okay. And, and really, like, we're both kind of... Um, you know, we, we've been working in this industry a lot and worked in a lot of sectors of the industry. So, yeah. you know, doing scoring commercials, like making records, uh, working on games, sort of you name it. We've we've done it done or it, yeah. we've ghosted on it, you know, somehow. And so we've also seen kind of the industry sort of evolve in terms of where where there's income to be made and where maybe some of the income is waning. And uh, when we first started, it was kind of like, you know, we knew we were going to do games because we had some stuff lined up. Um, but we also were we, we were still sort of invested in some artist projects that mm-hmm. we were working on um, with some labels uh, and some stuff in L.A. Um, obviously, that, you know, for everyone, that, that whole world was seriously impacted and continues to be in terms of, like, being able to, you know, everybody stream stuff and so there's not a lot of back end for songwriters yeah, and yeah, yeah. producers it's and a very right. tough world the, like just the <laughs> making records is yeah right. yeah just in the last five years that's totally just just flipped over where it's almost impossible to you know unless you're just like so upper echelon in the label to to make any kind of significant income and so we kind of uh at that point uh when the game stuff started really picking up we kind of just said like let's just 
all in on yeah. this and, and really yeah. focused on that. And so, um, you know, we've been able to work on some cool projects since then. So. Yeah. And, uh, but what, how did you guys both come to the real, realizing that you could both be individuals in the sense of having your own musical voice come out, but then also... Where do you guys meet? What is that like when you guys meet in the middle? Yeah. Does it happen? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think what's good is that we actually have very complementary skill sets. Okay. So, like, um, and, and that's why, for example, we'd hire each other in the past. Like, I'm really good at, like, very unique sounds and, uh, like, sonic signature and sound design and details. But sometimes, like, larger picture things, like, I can get lost in the you know, in the details, lost in the weeds. Um, and Brian is amazing at form and structure and he works incredibly fast. Um, he's also like a world-class mixer as well. And so it's just, mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, and then aesthetically what's, what's good is like, there's a big overlap. Like we have a lot of the same interests musically, but we also differ too. Like I'm into really, really weird stuff. And you know, and then, but then there's a lot of stuff where we cross over of, of, you know, uh, in terms of like uh, film scores, but just bands and things and, and, and aesthetically. And um, so we have an overlap and, and Brian is also, is also more interested in like pop things as well that I'm less in interested in. And so there's kind of like, that actually ends up creating this push and pull that that's really valuable where what we come up with combined is better than what we come up with just individually. And so yeah. we sort of discovered that by working together on a sometimes. lot of checks and balances because yeah. i think yeah. you know you know when you're just one person and you have sort of your own aesthetic and your own tastes and preferences like sometimes that's good and sometimes that can just get get to an extreme amount and so the fact that we like similar things but we also like things outside of that like it's kind of a like you know, maybe one of us will come up with an idea and it's like, oh yeah, that's like spot on. That's right where we want to be. Or maybe it's like, yeah, like that's going to be a little too outside of what we're trying to, you know, uh, accomplish with a specific project. So I think it's just a good, like there's enough uh, common ground, you know, in, in, in the Venn diagram of our partnership but then there's yeah. there's enough outside of it that that kind of keeps it balanced and, and makes us uh, uh, really complementary in, in what we bring to the table you have now, now that you've come together you start working together but then we're talking about running a business which has a whole nother responsibility you're not just responsible for yourself how did you guys want to manage like what what did you start off with you know to get this business going yeah I mean so we had the opportunity um, with you know, uh, with Halo 2 anniversary to be basically uh, producers of the soundtrack or co-producers with Paul Lipson, and so um, you know Brian comes from uh, Brian White comes from a business background, uh, so we were able to use that, and you can talk about that too. <laughs> but like um, you know, so we, we wanted to take on the project management role and production role, and 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 so we had the opportunity to do that, and you know. Uh, Paul at, at Microsoft, you know, was like, I trust you guys to do this. And, yeah. um, you know, so this was our, but that, this was our first chance to really like, you know, do more than just like uh, compose, or in this case, it's recreating the music of Marty O'Donnell and yeah. Michael Salvatore. Um, but yeah, do the, the, the production of the soundtrack. Yeah, the score supervision. I mean, we had set up the company. I mean, one of the big reasons, um, like Trifon was saying, uh, I come from a business background just in terms of schooling. Um, yeah. And in addition to doing music, I've always run businesses. Uh, I mean, you're always sort of, if you're self-employed, you're always running 
something. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I had worked uh, in, in other uh, sort of startups and things like that that were sort of music and, and, and audio related. And one of the things about forming the corporation is I wanted to, you know, sort of build something that we could uh, scale with and that we'd have a structure and we mm. built a foundation where we could, you know, it wasn't just like two guys, you know, kind of like sharing a checkbook, you know, like right, we right. had, you know, kind of set it up proper and, and uh, it, was, it was nice because kind of that legwork paid off uh, when we got the chance to uh, co-produce uh, Halo 2 Anniversary because we were already set up, we were already yeah. ready to sort of scale and uh, handle all of you know, the contracting, the subcontracting of the other composers and mm -hmm. uh, uh, working uh, as a signatory Skywalker. with the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. orchestra and Skywalker and, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about big, big numbers that you're processing through your, yeah. through your entity. And, uh, it was, it was a really amazing experience because I mean, it's like the first time, I mean, it's really, it's like the first time you're, you're, you're writing like six figure checks. You're kind of like your hands. It's a little like, scary. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Is this, whoa. You know, you're like sending wires down the line, you know, that are, are it's like more money you yeah, know, yeah. Than, than you've ever seen. Well, what, what did that do to you guys creatively when you got these projects of like, you know, that you have resources that you probably weren't necessarily dealing with directly. Now that you have these, where did your brains go creatively then? What, what did you want to do with the extra time or money or? Well, in the case of Halo 2 Anniversary, it's, it's you know, um, it, it's not like you can just go wild and off the reservation right, 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 because yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it, a it's lot of It's budgeted and planned. Well, well yeah. and then, and then secondly, it's like, it's, um, there's a, a very specific goal of recreating the original and really staying true to it. It's not like, uh, like a total reinvention, like, you know. With that score. Yeah. Yeah. So a, it's, a it's. But there is Steve Vai. Yes. Well, he was in the original too. So, so <laughs> right. you know, like um, there, there was, you know, obviously we wanted to, to update things and, and, yeah. and definitely improve the sonic quality of it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we wanted to really keep the essence of it and, you know, pretty much note for note, it's, it's the same, right. you know. So an example of sort of uh, uh, adding to, to that canon was we hired Misha Mansour from Periphery. Yeah. So that was something that uh, we sort of brought to the table because we were friends. Uh, with Periphery and Misha, and we knew that he would be a really good match for uh, you know, replacing uh, two of the tunes um, that were sort of in the original score. It was like a Breaking Benjamin and an Incubus tune, and we kind of wanted to, you know, update that with something okay. sort of a newer thing. And we thought it'd be cool to kind of have the kind of the Steve Vai juxtaposed to like the new Misha Mansour, sort of like the era, different eras of, of guitar, guitar gods, gods yeah. kind of thing. And so we, <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. we brought, we brought Misha in and, uh, you know, he's a really talented uh, producer and songwriter himself. In addition to just sort of writing for his band. And, uh, we worked with him, um, to kind of shape, uh, uh, that sound for the game he had never written for a game before so we sort of worked with him and uh, so that was a really cool chance to sort of take some of you know sort of sort of that uh, uh, outside of just being a composer or actually working on the music to kind of take a production role and uh, you know kind of work and and shepherd some some other people and bring a cool new sound to the table and what did you, what did you guys you know before you even found out about this project, what were you thinking? I mean, like, 
that that comes and hits your plate and you're thinking, okay, great, we know what we're going to be doing for the next yeah. few months. But what were you doing before this well, project so, came? Well, so, I mean, uh, we can't exactly tell you what it was, but yeah. we can say that. So before that, we were working on uh, a very large project, probably equal in size, and uh, it took a like a lot of projects do. A lot of people don't understand that projects can take pivots or change or get canceled. <laughs> yeah. Especially like Even in game development and things that people worked on for years. Yes. And it can like, take a major uh, pivot. So it was something that we worked on for, I mean, almost a year, a good portion of a year that took yeah. a major pivot and then kind of transformed into something else altogether. Okay. Um, still not out yet. Still somewhere wow. far down the pipeline. I mean, yeah. it, and it's not to say, it, it's not something to say that like, oh, we didn't get paid for it. Like we, you know, like yeah. a, a lot of people are like, well, did you just disappear for a year and not get paid? It's like, no, we were working oh, the whole gosh. year. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, plugging along, doing yeah. minutes. and it, It's just, you know, it hasn't come out yet. So it doesn't, it's a, it's it, a hard it, kind it, of... Well, yeah, I mean, when when projects take pivots at a higher level for reasons that are not... Have nothing to do with audio or sound. It's like, right, audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's whole it, direction will shift. So who, who knows? Uh, so you're doing that. We were doing that. We were doing yes. that before, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's what yeah. we were doing before. So, so. so, I mean, for you guys, how do you even plan out your projects, what you think you might want to work on? Is it? Do you feel like you have any sense of what you might work on, what you want to work on. How do you kind of navigate this world of trying to figure out what your next project is for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always, you know, looking in far into the future because the, the yeah. development cycle, particularly on games, is long. It's, it's over several years. So, like, you know, we might know, like, okay, we're working on this project and it ends in two years from now. So, in the meantime, let's cook up some other things. So, yeah. it's, a lot of it's networking, um, and it's also trying to diversify what we do. So uh, some of what we do is also sound design for things. And we've put out some like uh, uh, FM8 preset library. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it just, uh, you know, and uh, exploring different avenues outside of just games and then building new relationships in that. And, and basically, yeah. you know, the more that you do that and things are longer term, it's like they kind of overlap and dovetail and, you you know, you find a way to make that work. But... It's like, so it's kind of like a long-term hustle as opposed to like a week-to-week, month-to-month hustle. It's know? not, I mean, it's not like a, a um, I mean, I think sometimes people sort of compare it to record production or like you're an artist and you're, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and then these days, especially with, with YouTube and SoundCloud and, and all that, it's like, you know, you can, you know, drop a single to, to SoundCloud and next week you're on the blogs and next month you're like headlining tour, yeah. some <laughs> festival EDM and, fest. and it's yeah. sort of a normal thing that happens. But in stuff like, you know, like in TV, film and game development, you know, especially in, in the game development world, I mean, your timelines are so long and, you know, you can it it's it's a little weird coming from sort of producing records and, and sort of or even just producing your own uh, artist content. It's like you have to kind of get used to, I'm not going to be able to talk about <laughs> yeah. what I'm working on, uh, you know, for a year or two. So, so you just tell your friends like, what are you working on? I, I'm working on, I'm, I'm working. Stuff, yeah. Something's <laughs> yeah. happening, like, but I can't tell you exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, it's, it's, it's been a, interesting transition it's like you know because it's funny i think people think it's like well you're not talking about anything because especially in this it's you know we're in this really overshare world where everyone wants to share what they had for lunch and you know like what their opinion is on you know you name it uh unfortunately when you're 
sort of working on projects that have not been announced, you can't just yeah. overshare information about it. You know, you're you're yeah. under NDA and, and right. everybody's trying to No one I uh, mean the second you say something it's yeah, it's just like Terrible, everyone's yeah. gonna read into it. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, like it's like you, it's they take it very seriously, the developers, and for good reason. Because I mean, you've got, I mean, just look at the, especially in the gaming world. I mean, you've got people out there that, you know, they're just looking for any little thread that yeah. they can chase down and, and try to find information and you know open up a crack in right. the facade. I mean, well, that's that's the thing which I've always been trying to understand, which is like. There's film composers, there's TV composers, there's video game composers, there's composers for libraries, there's all these different like genres. Yeah. And yet video games make just as much, if not more, as, as feature films. Sure. But yet they so like to separate a film composer from a video game composer. Sure. I'm not gonna say which one's better because that's that's not my place, but it's a shame that people will say that the art that, and music that you guys are doing is not of the caliber because here we are, you're using the same tools. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, part of it is that for a long time, I do think games, the music of it has not been the same quality. Right, yeah, yeah sure, so absolutely, yeah. I, I think that, you know, um, that that it's it's uh, it's changing. I think the quality is, is, getting, is getting better and you know, and then now you see a lot of film people moving into the game right. space. Right, I mean, and eighty-three well. even going into movies. I mean, or, or yeah. recording artists going into yeah. movies or, or yeah. pivoting. And, and, and with then Brian even, Tyler or whoever. Yeah. Right, or film composers like Cliff yeah. Martinez, Cliff Martinez Far, yeah. Far Cry Four, and stuff yep. like that. And and so, and I mean, I think you know what makes a difference now in any of those things, whether it be film, games, is you know, a distinctive sound and yep. a distinctive vibe because what happens is like everybody in the entire universe any russian kid they have all the same software right all the same like sample libraries and things have become homogenized and it's boring and it's like <laughs> you know so yeah. people want like an artist and i mean i think what what actually has benefited us a lot is that both of us come from an artistic background like i i had a music project called triphonic that even though it's a small niche thing, it's like it had a hardcore following and a distinctive sound. And so that helped me like get the connections and work yeah. my way into scoring stuff. And, and Brian has a background. Uh, he has a project called Gas Milk, which is like, <laughs> like an indie uh, electronic thing. And, you know, it's like it's got a distinctive sound. We're coming from an artistic perspective. And, and I think that helps because like everyone has all the same tools. And they're doing the same things. And it's just like. That gets boring. Well, that's you know? what I was going to ask you guys. Is yeah. like, how do you describe your sound? If there's a way, is it instrumentation? Is it how you build your music? It's, uh, I think it's more about the, just the aesthetic, like and, okay. and looking for the essence of what works, and not looking at it, you know, um, just from like, you know, what, like, okay, what is the vibe of this, or trying to rip off another thing, but it's like what, you know, trying to take an artistic aesthetic and approach to it. I think, think so. I mean, I think. The, the best way I could describe it is that you've got, uh, from a traditional composition background, you've got composers who use the orchestra as, that's that's their sound palette. Right, and yeah, there's yeah, only sure. so many ways that an orchestra is gonna sound depending on how you record it. And yeah. then they're using melody and harmony and, and all of, of sort of those levers to kind of create the emotional reaction that they want. Um, Whereas we're coming from it kind of from that artistic angle, whereas you've got recording artists, you know, your palette 
is is wide open and so you yeah you're choosing notes rhythms harmonies melodies but you know what is the instrumentation and the tonality and and sort of the notes that you're playing are uh you know as important as the sounds that are making them mm. and vice versa. So yeah, you're not yeah, just yeah. sort of working with, okay, well, here's the orchestra. It's really just these notes that I'm playing, but <laughs> yeah. it, it could kind of be, as long as it's recorded at Skywalker or yeah. at Abbey Road, it's it's gonna sound good. It's like, for us, it's like, no, like that preset that came with Omnisphere, that's not okay to use because everyone has that. So yeah. even if the notes and the <laughs> melody that we picked is a really good melody that emotionally fits, it's we like also want to make sure just as yeah, important. tonally yeah. and, 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 and just sort of aesthetically that, you know, the sonics match the melodic and harmonic and ry- rhythmic components. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's, it's funny because like, even just like your bios, just even the short bios you guys have on your website, it says a lot about how you guys probably approach your music. Yeah. You know, I mean, besides the fact that one of you is herding cats, but <laughs> there's, there's, always a, there's always a cat herder in the studio. Well, what will you guys say is, you know, now that you've established that you can work at this level, that, that's, that, that's a given. What, what is the next challenge? What, what is, you know, what are you guys excited about coming up here? Yeah, I mean, I, we're excited to, like, so, I mean, first of all, Massive Chalice soundtrack was, was really cool to work on because even though that was a smaller scale of project, we had a lot of creative freedom. freedom. Because yeah. um, obviously with Halo 2 Anniversary, which is, like, you know, amazing opportunity and, and project to work on, there, there's a lot of limitations because of the nature of it being an anniversary and having to really follow. It's a re-adaptation. Yeah. Re-adaptation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, with Massive Chalice, we had a lot of freedom. And so, you know, going forward, it's to, to working on on projects of of that sort of that the smaller scale and larger scale, where, where there's the the freedom um, to to you know really carve out a sound and carve out something new, um, and and give things an original voice. Yeah. What about for you, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I think um, sort of uh, finding good balances between. Um, being able to do really creative stuff and sort of uh, breaking new ground sonically and, and kind of creating new sounds and experimenting with new recording techniques. Um, I think that's that's one thing we always want to do. And also, you know, having good business opportunities to yeah. make relationships with yeah. uh, other composers, um, maybe composers that are up and coming that we can uh, sort of add to the team or, or get on projects. I mean, I think the other thing that we're really excited to do and do more of is kind of like what we did with Misha where, Mm. you know, we really, if, if as, you know, producers and, and, and doing more score supervision, when there's stuff where we feel like, you know, our sound, you know, yeah, maybe we could kind of pull something together that's going to work, but Hey, like, why don't we reach out to this guy, you know, we want to do that. We want yeah, to yeah. go reach out and cool. sort of find new talents and existing talents and yeah. sort of integrate them and, and help them. Like go to the people that legitimately do a sound, but that might not be able to work on a score because they don't have the experience yeah, yeah. and guide them through that process yeah, yeah. of like, you know, uh, because I think that's what can miss uh, in, in both games and in yeah. film music is the authenticity. It's like a composer you know, trying to do trap music or something. And it's like, <laughs> and that you, you like, trust me, there's that yeah, or a composer yeah, yeah. dubstep. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's just nobody that's actually in any of those worlds. Like it's just, it's corny, yeah. you know? And so it's 
why not like get actual people that are doing that and guide them through the process, like the case with Misha Mansour um, uh, of Periphery. Because, for, so, I mean, yeah. because <laughs> the reason for it is because in films, you you know, of course, everybody would say, well, in film and TV, they just license music from artists that, that yeah. work great. In, right. in games, because it's interactive, there's a little bit of licensing, like on the radio station of Grand Theft Auto, sure. like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of times, you're, <laughs> we need interactive elements, things that can scale and change based on uh, the perspective and and where you are in the game. And so, licensing, it's it's not as easy as just sort of a, a plug and play, like it would be. Oh, this this emotion really matches at this you know sequence of the film. So, you know, uh, like. Trifon was saying is sort of working with artists that put together really cool uh, music songs and, mm-hmm. and productions and then sort of helping them work through sort of the interactive components of the production and sort of like how can we get the most legit <laughs> sounding people in any given sound like where we find that at the source yeah let's tap into that and you know work with that and then bring it into the game context properly so that it's working interactively and i think that's sort of in addition to writing and working on our own music that's you know, what we want to do we want to yeah. move into to more of that um just because i mean just the more interesting cool uh, artistic people you can work with i mean you can yeah. it's just growing and it's and, more uh, fun and it makes the end result yeah, yeah, the yeah. end result is just that much more legit yeah. i mean we just really want stuff to kind of have that like you know not have the like, oh, that's totally kind of, a, you know, a f- a sound pro- you heard. Yeah, an approximation yeah. of like that's the like TV commercial, serial commercial version of dubstep or or of whatever trap music yeah. or whatever. That's a, the, that's a genre you know, somewhere probably. Right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Dubstep yeah. trailer music. Dubstep yeah. trailer music. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, what do you guys feel is like for you? How to phrase this? Like. There's like a proven, not proven, but like software is a tool and there's an instrument and it's a tool. At a certain step, you need to show up either if it's at a scoring stage or to a developer. And like, I feel like games, while there might be a sandbox, there's always constraints that they kind of are given. Absolutely. So what is the balance between the constrictions of the game developer and what you guys are doing? Like, because even some of the stuff on like Massive Chalice, those are like really short cues, it it seemed like. Yeah. I don't know. So how did that work for you? So I, with Massive Chalice, a lot of that was that we would uh, we we constructed it in a modular way. Even though on the soundtrack it's like you know like two minute cues or yeah, one and right, a half yeah, minute yeah. cues, it's like uh, you know we're give them the stems of it so that they can make uh, longer arrangements and a lot of sub mixes that are minimal because a lot of times in a game you don't need like full on. Yeah. I mean, there's so much other sounds and other things happening that like you don't want melody that's repeating and hitting you over the head yeah. again and again. It's just tiring. Cause you're loop, you're looping stems. And, and I think it's about the, the, the strategy is to give as a composer, the strategy is to work with the audio director and the implementers yeah. to create meaningful stems. So you yes. don't want to just give them like, here is all 80 tracks yeah. of our <laughs> have production. Fun. Have yeah. fun. You know, yeah. like you want to give them meaningful sub mixes. Yeah. Cause I mean the, Part of the, the problem that I have just sort of as, as a mixer and, and sort of an engineer sonically is like, I don't really like when the game engine is combining a bunch of stems because it's like, that's not that's not a mix. You know, you're yeah. not, it's like, oh, it's not riding the bus compressor and it's not, it's like not sounding like a record. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as a composer, um, we like to sort of give 
these meaningful stem sets that are sort of well mixed and broken down that can be added or subtracted that create and, moments. I mean, those and, stems themselves sound great. Like yeah, that's yeah. the thing too. So it's like in, in the combination. So it's not like a lot of stems, if you, you know, if you've like, you know, checked out like even people's records and stuff, you check out the stems and you play them all back and it's just not the same thing as a final mix. So it's, it's really being thoughtful about the stems too, to make sure that because like if it's gonna be mixed in the game engine that just when they're added together, it sounds great, you know? It's like you wanna give a like sort of, I always think of like a multiplying factor of like if we do, uh, you know, a three minute cue, mm. I want it to at least double, triple or quadruple that length in terms of how they can break it down and use the stem. So if we're doing, I mean, Massive Chalice is a, is a fairly small game in terms of, of budget and scope for the score. So we did about, like 30, 30, 40 minutes of, think, of music. I mean, it was ended up actually being less, right? It was like, yeah, because I think for, just for the budget wise, you know, we were able to do about like 20 something Maybe, minutes. yeah, even yeah. less. So, but we wanted to create- but we wanted to give them the tools to make more. So in game, they could yeah. make, you know, an hour of music yes. or more from those assets. Yeah. But you guys also, I mean, just looking at some of the recent credits, even, even the stuff like you have the Halo channel on Xbox Live. Yeah. And that's like, how long is a loop is that? Right, so I mean, there's a couple different things in that. There's like the welcome screen, which is like a one and a half minutes, um, yeah. which you know uh, is is uh, you know, and that's its own vibe. And then there's like a lot of other like short interstitial things that are like thirty seconds, and those yeah. those don't actually loop. The the welcome screen is the one that that loops, loop, and, yeah. and that's like a. a whatever, a one and a half, two minute piece. So that, if you're just sitting there forever, that, that would get pretty <laughs> pretty tiring. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but the other ones, the, the interstitials that, that happen, like mm. they just- They trigger on an event. So yes. if you yeah, right, click yeah. to play a movie or you click to yeah. a section, it's kind of like, you know, the HBO, oh, like yeah, it kind yeah, of happens sure. right at that. Which is also like creatively, like really fun, I'd think to tackle. Yeah. Like it's challenging. You got to like in 10 seconds kind of create a, create a vibe. And, yeah. and, and I, I think the Halo channel one, it's been received really well. Yeah, like people that's, really dig Like the... we put up the, like the, the, one of the welcome screen piece on SoundCloud because people were requesting it. They had like oh ripped it from Xbox and oh, put it on wow. YouTube. Yeah. And you know, uh, and we're just like, oh, what's what's this music? So you it's know, it's like one of our most played tracks on really? SoundCloud. Like which people, is, which, like okay. yeah, it's it's crazy, which uh, is great. And also just uh, there's an irony to it as well because it's like that was you know, it's just a short little. It's thing. just designed to be kind of a, like a little light yeah. motif that sits yeah. underneath you browsing the menu. System. It's just like the funniest thing, like like the thing that you probably spent maybe like not the least, but like not as much time. No, sure, right, it's right, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you're kind of putting it together. And I mean, we, we put a lot of that stuff together. That was yeah. during crunch time, right at ship, because they were, you know, shipping yeah. all, all these the Master four, Chief collection. The Master Chief yeah. collection. They're okay. like, oh, we're doing this Halo channel. Like, we need the we music. Need this like now. In a week. Oh my yeah. God. So it really had to crunch and get it done. So it wasn't, you know, there was not time to overthink it or, or really, you know, uh, just go too crazy with it. Um, but then that ended up being something that people really liked. So. so how do you describe something like that versus something that you might have more time for and you can really think about each step? What do you, not what you prefer, but how do you think, how does it change the outcome of the music you're doing? I mean, there's pluses and minuses. Deadlines help, think, you know, helps with creativity, definitely. Yeah. But, um, you know, more time is better in terms of like, because you get the chance to do the research and development and because you can't like really create something entirely new if you just have to do it like you have a day or okay. you know uh, it's like 
there's not that you just have to go back to your palette of things and do what you know you can do to just make something effective. Work from a, an existing palette of, right. of yeah. sounds yeah. as you may. Yeah. I mean, right. thankfully, like we've over the years built this insane catalog of custom uh, libraries and instruments and things that we like they're ours we made them that's like awesome. nobody them. has it nobody yeah. else has them so it, we can do um, stuff quickly that sounds very distinctive or you know uh, pull from that yeah, yeah and it's still it's analog a, or digital or what uh, it's but well a lot of it's like, like re live recordings live that recording are turned sounds. into contact kits and you okay. know things like that and, and channel strips and just different okay. things that we can pull from to sort of get really authentic sounds uh, quickly um, without yeah. having to, you know, like uh, re-record something or do things like that. But I mean, yeah. the, the nice thing is when you have time, so when you have time on a project, you can actually go through that process. What we really like to do, I mean, we're, we're not super big on using like a ton of, of presets or libraries. I mean, we have all of them just like everyone does. Yeah, you need to use it sometimes. But if yeah. we have time, what we really want to do is we want to create a library for the project so that yeah. we have assets that we can use to create a coherent sound that's you know unique, but also can carry through yeah. the cues. But like, where did you guys learn that? Not from the sense of learn to make your own sounds, sure. but yeah. like, where did the appreciation for spending the time? Because I think when you first start out, everything's new, and so like, yeah. <laughs> the, the the Casio sound of a keyboard is fine. Yeah, like you're sure. just learning like the world and the tools. So where did that come from for you guys? I mean, I, I think part of it comes from honestly like of being a guitarist, like just more so than people that come from a keyboard background. I mean, okay. There's nothing wrong with keep like keyboard people, but I just feel like you always like you get into effect. Like I mean, I've been playing guitar my whole life, but yeah. you get into effects pedals early mm. on, and you're always paying attention to tone because mm. you're you're creating it with with, with your, your hands, fingers, right? But yeah, yeah, also yeah. with effects and with amplifiers, and it's not just like you're just sitting, you're making a sound with a computer. Um, and so like, you know, paying attention to tone since probably both of us were like yeah, 10 years old. Guitar you know? So like the tone, um, I mean, just the way the idea, like as a guitar player, um, you know, you can have the same guitar, the same amp, the same chain, and two mm -hmm. guitar players can pick up that guitar on, you know, under the same exact conditions and their fingers are going to make completely different sounds. Right. Like when B.B. King plays a note on his guitar, it's like you know it's his finger <laughs> touching that note. Just like all the famous guitar players. Yeah, like even Santana as much as like, Santana's not my favorite, but like yeah, you yeah. can tell that it's Santana. But you, and, so you learn, yeah. you learn to yeah. listen for sort of like what's the unique tonality of uh, inside the instrument. So instead of just saying like a piano, a string, a snare drum, a yeah. kick drum, like there's those sort of broad categories, but when you dial into like tonally, like what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? And having sort of like forming opinions, I think it's like the biggest thing, you know, uh, of, of going from kind of learning this stuff and watching, you know, like if you're looking at tutorials or you're studying, yeah. you know, studying other people's work is like, you know, you gotta start just having opinions about yeah. making like, choices. What do you like? To like them. what, yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's tough because I think a lot of students coming up these days, you know, I, I, I still work with students. I teach a, a college class once a week. And I think the thing that I, I try to instill um, into them is that, you know, you can watch all these tutorials and you can get all these other people's opinions through interviews, interviews like this and things like that. But if you're not forming your own opinions about like, I like this, I don't like that, yeah, here's yeah. why, 
you're you're kind of you're never really getting to that level here or there. that your heroes yeah. are at. Yeah. yeah. That's so I think that's one of the things that kind of pushed us in that direction of wanting to it's kind of that sense of uh, if you have a a sound maybe you got you downloaded a library maybe you uh, you have something that's a preset. Uh, it's not necessarily that what we create custom is better than that. It's mm. that it's different and only we have it. And it's, and it's something that's to our specific taste. And a lot of times different is what makes it better because it's not the same as everything and, else. And then also having, and like having a certain sound, it, like again, like you, you can't say it's better or worse but it's like then it reinforces the brand too mm. and yeah. like the sonic identity it's because it's like it's like all right it's this there's there's an aesthetic there and it's not that it's not like diverse and can't be modified but like clearly like we have opinions about things and sonically about things and and you know I think that's good because people want something that's just is going to be tangibly different. We know? want to hear some like when people hear our work, we want it to be like, oh, okay, like that's we know that sound. It's like there's certain uh, composers out there, you know, like Cliff Martinez or even you know Hans Zimmer. Like you hear their sound and you're like, I know, you know I know who that, know that is. That it's is, not yeah. just like, oh, that sounds like <laughs> a thing. You like know? And, yeah, it's and it's and that's what I like. I mean, like Cliff Martinez or or. Um, it's like whether you like that or not. It's like you can always you know that's him. who it is, yeah. and that and that's and, so huge. And yeah, and, and Hans and we too. Sort of wanna, we sort of want to want that. Know, yeah, we want that. It's interesting because like while you say that, I'm also thinking like, but you're working on Halo, which is like well, that which I is mean, a weird kind of like relationship. Sure. I, I mean, and, and again, and in, in, with Halo Two Anniversary, there was less room to do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think where we had room to do that was. A lot of what we did was recreate the music of like the flood and the and a lot of the ambient yep. music in there, and that's where you know um, you can get away because with or when it's redoing the orchestra stuff, it's yeah we're the, working you, with the you know, orchestra. But, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, and it's we're trying to stay true to that, and obviously uh, Lenny Moore, who is the orchestrator on it, and Paul, um, you know, have a lot of opinions and ways to update the orchestration. But um, you know, generally speaking, it's like we have to stay true to the original. But like yeah. with some of the ambient music, we're able to, to do it, but. You know, this that wasn't the project where we're, we can put our like stamp of like, here's what we sound like. You know what I mean? It's yeah. because there's a different parameter. I set. think that's a testament to that. You know, we've we've got sort of two sides to to our business and our relationship. You know, we, there's our artist side, but we also have the like we we can get it done how you want to get it done. And, yeah, and, there's the and, practical and, side, and we can do that. Yeah. I mean, there's you really. I mean, we can kind of go off into to record making composer wonderland forever and talk about like what our ideal circumstances would be on everything and I think everybody could do that and I think that when you're working on any kind of collaborative project with lots of people yeah. like you know the biggest part of it is you know like getting stuff done making sure it's a high quality making sure that as many people as possible are are happy with the work and and that it's on time and it's on budget and you're a pleasurable person to work with and yeah. you're a team player and i think that's where you know a lot of traditional artists kind of they can fall short when they move into film or games is they kind of have too much of that superstar like well my aesthetic is the only thing yeah. that matters and it's like well it's so let it's, me ask you this then with that what happened when you go out to skywalker ranch here and on the stag theater and or not the stag on, onto the scoring stage and you're there where do your brains go are you able to maintain your 
your vision that you had or what was that like i mean that in, in that case like there we're just trying to make sure everything's getting recorded and getting yeah. done. it's it's really because i mean it's you know on any given project it's it's not about us it's not about us like forcing our aesthetic or opinions on it it's really yeah. about doing what's appropriate for it yeah and then where there's room when there's space where exactly. they want it then we can you know sure we can do our thing but uh, with this you know with halo 2 anniversary it really was about like you know staying true to it getting things done and in, in the case of the scoring stage our role was more of, of production making sure that everything that needed to be recorded was getting recorded making sure we were on time because it's like we were paying all the bills so yeah, we had to know. make sure i mean you're, you're talking about like the the the, the 90 people getting paid over a hundred dollars an hour it's, it's incredible it's yeah, it's, it's insane it's, it's some intense, it's, of, yeah. it's very stressful, uh, you know, and, and it's making sure that everything's going uh, smoothly and, and, you know, so I think it's, it's that's where your head's at on the scoring stage yeah. is just making sure it's getting done. It's not, uh, it's, it's not in creative like, oh man, like that really should be, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like. It's, a, it's such an interesting kind of juxtaposition of that world and where you guys usually are probably in your studio where it's like, yeah. you have time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're trying to be creative. You're trying to. <laughs> there's, there's different priorities, like yeah. in different circumstances. I mean, that's part of, I guess, being a professional is adjusting to yeah. what what's necessary. It's like there's a place to be an artist and to go, like you know, in your be in your artist mode. And then there's a, a place where you just have to get things done. And and you know, it's 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 a matter of of <laughs> you know, switching between those. I mean, I like to think that 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 sort of those two sides are sort of what works for us and complements each yeah. other. Whereas like we have the, as as artists, we understand sort of the the emotions and the needs of sort of an artist and, and how that plays out and how that works when you're kind of working on, on projects. But also as project managers and business people, we understand the, the realities of, yeah. of budgets and timetables and things like that. And so sort of, uh, being able to sort of cross between those two worlds, it strengthens each each side. Because as an artist, you can kind of, you know, yeah, you might be in a pissy mood that day because you got to do a revision and you don't agree with it. But yeah. then you can look at it from the other side of the table and go, well, you know, really, it's it's about this bigger picture and, and this is what needs to happen. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of people that are working on this. And, you know, we're just, you know, you kind of, you gotta yeah. hunker down, and, and maybe it's it's not your ideal opinion, but there's a reason that that you're making these changes, and and everyone's working. No one's out to get anyone. Everyone's working yeah. towards yeah, it's the finish all the line, same goal. and vice versa. As a project manager, you know, if an artist, you're dealing with somebody that can be, you know, certain composers can be very sensitive about, you know, how their work and, and, and dealing with things like revisions or, or notes and, and sort of if you can, you know, kind of have that sympathy or, you know, empathy and, and sort of work an angle, I think it just both sides end up working better yeah. uh, to strengthen uh, <laughs> each other. So shifting gears here, who came up with the name? Um, it's actually uh, my, my fiance came up with it. Uh, she, she's like, oh, cause you know, we want to do something that was like, just like, like getting it done, but uh -huh. like also like kind of like uh, a nod to, game. to games and things as well. So my fiance was like, oh, finishing move. We're like, oh, that's it's like a Mortal of, Kombat. Yeah, like, yeah that's like, all it is. That's yeah. all I can think about. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no one else. You know, like, so it just, fatalities. But, it, but then it was also like, okay, well, like 
get things done and like you, you can look at it in many different there was email threads that went like there was hundreds of, of options uh-huh. that yeah. got yeah it got ridiculous but so we finally we were just like we gotta pick something yeah. and uh, it's working out so far yeah, yeah I think so yeah. no it's fun yeah <laughs> so what what are your your one or two games that you guys think of like that that's that's my favorite is there do you have those um yeah I mean like you know Obviously like now or 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 like just any anytime. anytime all time okay well uh, that's a big question but yeah <laughs> I mean I would say recently like I I really uh, I mean in addition of course to Master Chief Collection but uh, uh, Last of Us I, I really mm-hmm. like that nice. and I liked the whole aesthetic and I love the music that uh, Gustavo um, Santa uh, yes yeah. yeah yeah I love his music and I thought his his score was great for that and yeah. just so that was really cool. I think old school Metroid for me is okay. like the original Metroid and Super Metroid uh, for Super Nintendo. That like the gateway drug. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, those are so good. Yeah. For me, it would be I'd say old school would be kind of a toss up, like Chrono Trigger on oh, yeah, Super that's Nintendo, awesome. oh, shit. Okay. Um, or uh, Legends of Zelda on on NES. Uh, yeah. So new games. Um, I'm a sucker for like the Grand Theft Auto. Thing, Are you man. okay? I just like I something about that is just so cathartic. Welcome I, to I, Oakland, I, man. I don't even want to get into sort of why that is, but uh, no, it's a, yeah, just the open world, like just yeah, like go be a bad dude in the open world. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you need that. Sometimes after, you like, need a client that. Call, after like, a hard day, you just yeah. you need to go yeah. just tear around. Uh, yeah, the Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, that's the you know the most recent one. Just like uh, um, I haven't got a chance to play it on the next gen console, okay. uh, but I, I played it a bunch on uh, PS3, and uh, I love that game. I also love the the the. Ra- I'm a car guy, so I love the racing. Okay. Kind of like like the Forza Horizon. Um, you don't have like the steering wheel in the seat, do you? I don't, but we've had conversations. Like I, I don't have the, down. I don't have the space. Like if I had like yeah, you know, that, that's not like, true. You just haven't made the space. I don't have the space yet for it. And I think my wife would just sort of be like, absolutely. Why do you have this? You seat? cannot have a seat with the wheel and the. <laughs> but I was looking. I was shopping for him, and I told him that I was like, yeah, I think I might want to. I was like, no. Nah. Just like you have stop. to explain it to people when they come over. You're like, yeah, yeah well, it's kind of weird. It's my driving seat, yeah. Like I remember, like when they had that for like airplane games, like the simulator. Yeah, the but that's, yeah. that was kind of like acceptable because it's a simulator game. Yeah, but, like, but I mean, the car is a sim- simulator. I mean, keep telling yourself. That. I, yeah, <laughs> it's just so hard. To, I mean, the difference when you're playing on a controller, you're trying to drive, you know, like trying to drive a Bugatti, <laughs> and it's like this with a you know analog sticks that's not gonna work <laughs> doesn't work for your veyron no yeah are no. you guys at all interested in doing music for uh, mobile and that type of world oh yeah i mean i you know i i think what especially going forward we really want to do like the whole range of sizes of things because you get even with small and low budget projects you just there's different aspects to it and different freedoms and different things you can do with it yeah. so um you know i mean i think we're we're open to you know, mobile games to AAA, it's, it's, you know, it's, they, they all have their different challenges. Yeah. Know? I mean, mobile, I mean, the big challenge is like what, you know, how do you, I mean, it's something that we, I don't think we've had to, t- I mean, we did drop cord, which was right. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Oh, you know, that was mobile and, uh, the, uh, leap, uh, motion, leap motion controller. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was cool. I mean, we didn't really have to deal with sort of the challenges of like, if it's all mobile, 
you know, how do you make something sound good on mobile? I mean, that, I think that's just something that's like for for me is sort of from the engineering side that is just I think it's it's interesting because it's a it's a very unique specific challenge of how does stuff translate? And I know like I'll even listen to like when I'm just mixing records, I'll listen to them on my mono iPhone speaker <laughs> just to see like oh, what's the translation like on you know because it's like people so many people stuff. just like yeah. my wife will sit around and like listen to music playing out her iphone speaker and it drives me nuts because i'm like what we have so like we have this house full of just like the yeah, most yeah. expensive yeah, yeah. audio equipment how about some ns10s ever. like just can you like there's so many speakers and she's yeah. like oh that doesn't, i don't that was care. actually i had the funniest thing i went to the apple store here and i was like i think i think my iphone speaker is not working <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's mono. It's one speaker. And my, I just, like, was so disappointed. I was just, just like, like, are you fucking like, kidding me? like, these aren't two. This isn't stereo. Like, the- I see two holes here, and you're only giving me one. I mean, oh, you wouldn't man. get much of a stereo image with that. No, I know, I know. Still, I know. though, it's but like. But when I realized that, I was like, you're like oh. oh, man. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty sad day. I mean, just uh, to wrap things up here for you guys, you know, what, what would you say is a takeaway from the past two plus years of working together of, of what what's worked, what hasn't worked. What do you, what can you share in that sense? Um, I mean, I guess what's definitely worked is to, to, you know, I mean, I think we focused on our strengths and pushing forward what we do well. Um, yeah. I think that's just a generally good lesson. I know a lot of people that are younger, they feel like they need to be able to do everything. Right. And, I think being a jack of tra- of all trades, but not being excellent at anything in particular, is is really a detriment. Um, uh, so I think it's just you know I think it's that we've come together with our complementary skills. We really push forward on our strengths, and you know like the things that aren't our strengths, we work with other people. Like we you know contract them and work with them to to fill that in. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um one of the sort of lessons we've learned just in the last two years, but also sort of beyond that, is that uh, because the industry is changing these days so quickly and things move so fast and income streams come and go and, and, and sort of uh, what's here today might not be here tomorrow. It's just sort of just always being open to different opportunities, yeah. different uh, networking opportunities with different people and just kind of always keeping the open mind of, of, you know, what, what things are happening and not sort of, you know, never, never trying to get too comfortable and, and, and sort of like the, I think some of the composers of, of yesteryear are like thinking that, you know, oh, in five years, 10 years is going to be the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, it's history has shown. It's like, and just in the last five years, it's absolutely probably not going to be the, like, like, things the, keep the same things yeah. shift. And they, so always, they will. <laughs> I think what we've learned because we've just been through so many different uh, parts of the industry and outlets and worked in so many different segments, writing music and, and producing music that, you know, you just always got to, you know, kind of stay nimble, keep your overhead low, keep your skill set really fresh and kind of your network really fresh and, and open to new possibilities. Awesome. And then for obviously for people who want to find out more, there's the website, Finishing Move Inc. Where else can people go to check out? Sound, you have a SoundCloud account. Yeah. SoundCloud, uh, which is you can get that on the website. We have a Facebook. Um, we, you can follow us on Twitter. Mine's at Brian Lee White. Mine's at Trifonic. Nice. 
Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much. Congratulations on the success. It seems that you guys have already done a lot of great projects and probably, I'm sure, things that you can't share, but hopefully sure. things... Be, <laughs> there's, there's more that's coming. More in yeah. the pipeline. Awesome. More good stuff. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.